Welcome back to the Ox Unplug, where nostalgia is when you build a roller coaster tycoon roller coaster that launches people off the tracks. I'm Crispy Kraut. I am Mr. J. Witt. I am Halion. I'm Base Hughes. We're talking old games, or should I say games that made us today? It's oh specifically boy. Vidya games. Yes. Oh, yeah. Not, not Monopoly. No. <laughs> oh. Now you're definitely. I don't want to get into that rant already. <laughs> yes. It is too already. early for that. Yes, board games well, always end up in fights. Not always, but usually. I've yeah. I've definitely had my fair share of Monopoly games that ended interestingly. Let's say that. Somebody flipping the board off the table. <laughs> uh, thankfully, that didn't happen, but there was certainly. Um, disagreements with what happened so uh yeah i i feel that we could do a whole episode just on that yep we will i will put that on the list for later i mean yeah it's somewhat related because there's i've seen people get to similar fights in civ civilization (laughs) three to be specific Uh... i i have a you said old games and I'm again, I'm I'm gonna say it again. I think your definition of old games and mine are gonna be slightly different. That is fair. I um yeah. My you question know. to each of you is what is the first video game you remember playing? Playing oh, or watching? Man. Playing. Um well, you used to play a lot of educational games, but if we're talking an actual game, I actually know the answer. Uh it is it was a game that my dad had called Thunderstrike 2, I think was the name of it. And basically, you were an Apache pilot, and you went on all these mission, like missions like attacking objectives, blowing up stuff, like all sorts of, you know, sorts of missions you would go on and attack helicopter. Was this and a computer with, game? Yeah, it was a computer game with a bitchin' soundtrack. I actually found one of the songs years like a while ago, and it's great. Hmm. So interesting but is that one of the sid meyer games or am i thinking no of okay. I, no i don't know who made i think it was mike rose made that let me or it was hasbro let me look hasbro i i, I oh boy like, no dude, that's fair i it's been so long no no, so no, had, no 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 problem yeah hasbro did have a uh in a video game entertainment division for a while Neat. i did not know that yeah. no um i was reading a uh a book that Sid Meier wrote, and he talked about making an Apache video game. Oh no, this is uh, this is made by Core, is the name of the company. Okay. So, but it was uh, what was fun about it is my dad actually had a joystick, with like a like a helicopter joystick that we would use with it, and mm-hmm. he would play the game with that as opposed to like a keyboard and mouse. It was a lot of fun. Um, my first video game that I remember actually remember playing, outside of like children's stuff is oh actually another one came to me um the magnificent machine i think the magnificent machine is that like a what kind of game is that because that sounds like it could be a point and click the incredible machine i apologize Hmm. i think i remember that one yes it was a very shitty um game where you just like a puzzle game essentially yeah where you just place down little things and you made a ball go somewhere else. You basically were designing uh, Rube Goldberg devices. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> it that is. does sound like fun. It's not a very good game, like oh, in terms of graphics or anything. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I had fun. The other one that comes to mind is um, uh, Duke Nukem 3D. Really? Yes. Okay. All I right. don't really. I don't particularly like FPSs, but I do remember playing that. And I remember <laughs> specifically that as a child because I was too scared of the Doom guy um, when he got all bloody. So, so I didn't like that much. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, that was my brain's like, okay, this right. is fine. But you were fine <laughs> blowing away pigmen in Doom yes, yeah. yeah, that was You're fine. just making bacon at that point. It's fine. Yeah. As a child, yeah. I was very confused about the uh, the stripper room and why you would pay <laughs> <and> pay <for laughs> it. See, that's what I immediately thought of when you said I played uh, Duke Nukem. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, the, me too. I was Mommy, just like, what are those ah, ladies you... doing? 
<laughs> I don't want to play the... Doom, so I'm going to play Discount Doom. I also played the <laughs> 2D Duke Nukem, which that was a bad video game. That thing was terrible. <laughs> the very first Duke Nukem. Ugh. What about you, Maze? Oh, go ahead, Maze. Um, I remember, so I don't know if this was the first video game, but this is the first one I remember, was uh, Sonic 2 on the Sega Genesis. Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and I remember uh, playing it with my sister for a long time. It's like, oh, it was so much fun. Um, another video game that I remember playing um, a lot was the Game Boy Advanced uh, Pirates of the Caribbean game on my sister's Game Boy Micro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I remember playing on that Game Boy Micro and it was it's literally about the size of a uh, of a SNES controller. It's it's not very big. Did you think it was shit then too or did it, was it just good enough? To me back then it was fun. Okay. But after a little while it did get boring, but I I don't know. I'd have to go back and actually find a Game Boy Micro and play it again. No, that's fair. I was just curious. I wonder where you'd find one of those. Um, eBay. I know there was. Yeah, that. Well, I know there was the one. The mystery of it, then. <laughs> <laughs> it's the internet. You can find it just about anywhere. It's just whether or not it's at an actually good price. Yeah, that's the Cause... thing. It's like, oh, it goes for $500 now. It's just like, oh. It, if somebody's trying to sell a Game Boy Micro for $500, they're smoking crack. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, there's there's a lot of mm. things that you could sell for that price where you'd be smoking crack. Like $500 oh, yeah. worth of crack. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do with all this crack? This crack. <laughs> uh... So for but, me, uh, I, I'm about yeah. to date myself. Um, oh boy! I, I remember being seven, six, no, six, and playing on a 13-inch black and white television in my bedroom. Uh, the original Pong. Ooh, um, really? Yes. Yeah. Um, like we had a pong, and if you've never seen it, it's basically just two little paddles that go back and forth, and you just blip, 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 and you just basically mm-hmm. pay tennis essentially with this ball. Um, I remember playing that. I cannot believe we just described what pong is. Well, there are people that don't know what pong yeah. is. I, I know, but I just like I'm having a moment. Uh, Continue. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, and then of course after that we. When uh, when the Ataris and the ColecoVisions and the Atelevisions, when those all started proliferating the market, um, we had those. But the one that always comes to mind is whenever we would get together at my aunt and uncle's house for family get-togethers. In one of their back rooms, they had a little TV with an Atari hooked up to it. And there was only one game cartridge. That's the only one they owned. And... It was Frogger. Oh. And, we, and so all me and my dozens of cousins, we would all just take turns playing. And yeah. we played that game for years and years and years. Like even long after like regular Nintendo and stuff had come out, we would still sit oh, down yeah. and play this Frogger game until I think it finally died. Um, oh. Again, not wasn't one of my favorites, but that was one of the ones that always stuck to me. And I was always shit at Frogger. Hmm. Yeah, basically, so you just have the line of cousins like, all right, I died. Next. <laughs> well, if we're talking games and cousin influences, I have two that very much stick in my, out of my mind. Um, my cousins used to have sleepovers at, my, at our house, and they would bring over demos of old games that are well, old games, games, demos of games at the time. Um, and one time they brought over this demo for that wasn't the base game. It was an expansion and it was Half-Life Opposing Force. And that's how I ended okay. up finding out what Half-Life was. They, uh, I, and I, I don't think I played the demo when I got it. I only ended up actually playing the original. I actually only ended up playing the original Half-Life after the second. I played Half-Life 2 and that was like as a teenager. Was um, this back when they would like include the demo 
CDs, like in yeah. video game magazines and stuff. Yeah, yeah. This this was like early two thousands. I want to say. Yeah, so you could like um, you buy the magazine, get the demo, the and then you could play, and it would allow you to play like the first level of the game. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and th- there was other games too. Like I remember that the strategy game Earth twenty one fifty was one that they introduced me to through demos as well. Um, but the other big game that they introduced me to was uh, Command and Conquer Tiberian Sun. There I, it is. Yeah, you knew I was going to say it, didn't you? <laughs> no, I, I knew you were going to say Command and Conquer eventually in this podcast. Well, so they, I was wondering yeah. when it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, they didn't. They didn't introduce. Didn't introduce me to the series. Uh, that was. I found that through Command and Conquer Generals, and I actually did find out about that game through gaming magazines. But my cousin introduced me to the Tiberian Sun game and that whole mm-hmm. um, universe of the Command and Conquer series, because there was a couple of them. And I, I, I still love that game. It just the, the isometric styling of it and everything, just that classic look. It's, it's so, I just find it so visually appealing, but it also is a game, you know, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I got into plenty more Command and Conquer games after that and, yeah, that was that was another big one of my childhood was the Command and Conquer series, and then EA ruined it. But we're not going to talk about that. No, yeah, well, we can Listen, get into that like another time. We, if you want to talk about games like just uh, companies going bad, just look at Activision. Oh yeah, they made like actual real games, and it was amazing. Oh, um, I believe that. Oh, there was a space game that they made. Um, Battle Zone, I think it was. I. Know the name? I've never yeah. played it though. Battle Zone was the sweet ass like 3D game where you just were a hover tank. You could command people, and I didn't know anything what I was doing, but it was fun to just zip around. Oh yeah, that no, does, yeah, that does sound like fun. I couldn't play it for anything, but like yeah. I could maybe command someone to do a thing, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we had games like that. Like I remember there was this one. uh this one mech game that we played uh it was like this xbox game i think it was it was it was a japanese game but it was like you were this mech and you were just like flying around trying to do these time missions and it was fucking impossible to do these missions it it was just impossible it was it was such bullshit with the timing and everything to it like there's some games that i look back and it's like man that game was such bullshit you know why does that remind me of armored core because when you said zipping around, I immediately thought of how the Armored Corps mechs move around. Like, it very huh. much was in that style, but it was, I think it was called Morikumo. I don't know how you spell that, but yeah. It it wasn't a very good game. I don't think it sold very well. Hmm. Um, most of, for in terms of like video games that I played, there was more or less two different things. Uh, I did have a very shitty computer, and I had a DS. So I played a uh, lot yes. of D- a lot of DS games, yeah. and a lot of those have just disappeared from the public consciousness. Oh, um, I'm yep. sure of that. They they had yeah. well, just even like Game Boy games in general. They had so many Game Boy games where it was just like, mm-hmm. and like the most random shit. People only remember like half of them. It's yeah, and there were some really good ones too. Um, there are some real stinkers, but like you could find some very nice stuff occasionally. Oh, I'm um, sure of that. So what my dad did is he uh, worked a lot with China just for like business stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and his Chinese friend would send over bootleg uh, video games. Uh, DS oh, games. Nice. So you have so, like off-color Donkey Kong and shit. No, <laughs> I would just get like a flash drive full of like Chinese characters like that are in the DS format. And I'm like, well, oh. let's go go down the list. <laughs> just played random video games and it was awesome. Oh yeah. See, it's, it's funny you talk about that, about the bootleg DS games. Um because apparently the bootlegging culture is older than any of us realize. Um and I had forgotten about it till we were thinking about this talked about this episode. But I was in I was like 12 and my parents had gotten us our first home computer, the Commodore 64. Actually, I think we were, I was 10 when we got that. 
Um, this thing could do shit. It could do nothing. It it operated on the, it, it was programmed in BASIC. You had to hook it. All it was was this dig honking keyboard that you had to hook up for the TV. And if unless you bought an external hard drive or an exter- or an external uh, disk drive, like floppy, like not the not the three and a quarter, the big floppy disks. Oh, the five mm-hmm. incher. Yeah. All the ones that you could fold if you really wanted to, but you yeah. probably shouldn't. Um, we also <laughs> they also made a uh, a cassette a, a cassette. A cassette drive where you could record uh, and save stuff on actual cassettes, but we, uh, but we had it, and you could you couldn't really do shit. It had some like very, very rudimentary, dumb games for it. Oh yeah. But but my mom worked for the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, and when she came on was shortly after it had been formed. And so as a new government organization, they had just massive amounts of resources poured in. So they invested very heavily in new computer technologies and stuff. And so they attracted like-minded people. Um, so when I was about 12, there's this guy that she worked with who just says, hey, I know you got a kid. Um, he probably likes video games here. And she hand, he handed her like this shoebox, and it was full of these five-inch floppy disks. And what oh, this guy man. had done is he had figured out how to rip all the programming from an Atari cassette and transfer it to these five-inch floppy disks. And he had just gone down and pretty much ripped out the entire Atari catalog and loaded wow. them up on these floppy disks and just what gave them to, to my mom. <laughs> like, there was wild shit in here, like stuff I didn't even know existed. And we would just play, like, my, we would just take turns just sticking it because you would have, like, several games on each disk. And so mm-hmm. we would just, you know, experiment with them. And the only one that I fully, like, we had played all the regular Atari games, but the one that I really remember was... There was this early, early Dr. J versus Larry Bird basketball <laughs> game, like a like a one on one, and it was and it was two player, but it was hard because you're using just this very rudimentary joystick with one button, right? Yeah. But I remember it because like we would it was like the first time like you could actually I remember really like really feeling like you were going one on one and playing somebody, uh, but I had completely forgotten about that, you know. Um, <laughs> oh sorry Jay, so, go ahead go for it i don't have oh. anything useful oh i was gonna say speaking of bullshit controllers i'm probably gonna offend someone saying this but it needs to be said the nintendo 64 controller is fucking stupid <laughs> it is but yeah. hey it worked <laughs> it worked but it also had a mute like third bit that you're supposed to hold and i never could figure that <laughs> shit out like i'd be playing uh... Goldeneye at my friend's house i'm like what am i supposed to do with this <laughs> like I, I got the two handles, but what's what the what? <laughs> it's just a it's just an excuse for them to make you spend thirty to forty dollars for another one back in the late nineties. Yep, of course it was because you had to have enough that you and all of your friends could play su- uh, the uh, yeah. Mario Kart sixty four. And I'm sure, oh, yeah, I'm sure that then they weren't cheap. I know Xbox controllers were cheaper. You could get them for like twenty bucks or so, depending. Especially the Mad Cats ones. Good guy. <laughs> Those ones. Yeah, were I, I think oh, they yeah. were about forty bucks because we, my, we had a, my wife at the time. We had a uh, Nintendo sixty four, and we had four to four. We had bought the extra, so we had four controllers, so we could you know have friends and people over and play Mario Kart. Um, and I want to say they were about forty bucks, and this was like ninety seven. So this was. You know, probably the equivalent of what, sixty bucks today? Oh, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Speaking of controllers, I remember back in the <laughs> back in the day, our children. See, my parents were were kind of thrifty, and they decided that uh, we the Atari was fine enough, so they weren't going to buy this fly by night thing that was. Uh, obviously a fad when it came out called the NES. Uh, <laughs> so they didn't invest in that. And so I was like the only kid in America that didn't have one. But ah, yes. when it seems like that was going to stick around and when that's all we wanted to do when we were at like friends and cousins houses for family get togethers is all the kids who just wanted to go play Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one Christmas, my parents finally relented and the Christmas that the Super Nintendo, the S, uh, the Super NES came out. They got that. 
And I remember opening it up and looking at it and being, how the fuck am I going to operate this thing? It's got, uh-huh. it's got two, it's got four buttons plus the ones on the top. And it's just like, I, I was, I was incredibly intimidated because I was used to just, you know, two buttons and the directional control. Like a normal. Oh controller. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, obviously I got better at it. Um, <laughs> I, there were so many just like cheap ass controllers back in the day too. Just like I said, oh yeah, Mad Cats is definitely like the one that comes to mind. I mean, they worked well enough, but man, they did not hold up too well. At least yeah, when you got Mad the, like, Cat. Yeah. What yeah, was up Mad with this? Cats, the uh, the rock candy ones. Yeah, they they were they lasted for maybe a solid month or two. Yeah, maybe three if you took really good care of it. But after that, they just did not last very long. <laughs> when I got older, I would exclusively buy the rock candy ones, and mm. and not even the wireless, like the wired ones, because oh, yeah. they were because they were cheap, and because at that point I was an adult and I wasn't playing a lot of video games, but I was playing Madden. I would play football games because I did like the my, my simulated sports ball. Mm-hmm. But, um, I would occasionally lose my temper when the game, you know, did bullshit. Um, and so I had a tendency of, you know, if it was, if it was a wireless controller, it might find itself embedded in the wall. If it was a wired controller, I might wield it like a battle mace and, you know, smash it into the floor of furniture. Um, so yeah, so I only bought the cheaper controller. So I wasn't, didn't feel too bad when I inevitably lost my temper, like an idiot. That's probably how they did so well back then, you know, just they, they were counting on that. Just like yep. that. They will break people their are gonna... controllers. Oh yeah. Yeah. People are gonna get pissed, they're gonna chuck it through their window, and they're gonna come by and buy two more. I don't know if everyone's <laughs> that far, but yeah. Speaking yeah. of dumb controllers, who here remembers the the original Sega had that big giant, like fat, oversized controller um with three buttons. I never really played ah. the Sega. Like my 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 consoles that I mostly played growing up was like original Xbox and 360, as well as the uh, Nintendo 64 for the most part. I I did know mm-hmm. somebody with a Sega. I think it was a Super Sega, but yeah, might be a bit before my time. So what? Sorry to be... That that well that brings me a good question. What consoles? You know, what were y'all gaming on primarily? You know, that when you were younger, were you computer? Were you console? Were you handheld? What was that? I was definitely Xbox. Uh, like that was that was my gaming console because we would always like hang out after school and play Halo 2 or Halo 3 when we got to 360 in the basement. That was usually our, our and on the weekends too. That was usually what we would do. Um, oh, yeah. Do you mind defining young? Because like <laughs> young, yeah, okay, young, young. When you're like, when you first, when you, the first few years where you just sk- okay. where you started playing video games, yeah, that was, was your PC. primary go to. That was just PC for me then. Yeah, um, for for me, I was always a DS kid. I had um, a DS, a DS Lite, and then a DSi, and that was over the course of probably ten years or so. And they, I loved using those. And um, one of my favorite features on there was the uh, the flip note stuff, which is still somewhat alive in a very, very niche community, which I found to be rather interesting. <laughs> I don't know. What oh, yeah. It's um, OK. You know how people would take a, um, a stack of sticky notes and make little drawings in the corners and then you flip through them. It's a whole animation thing. Yeah, yeah, Basic- yeah. Basically that, but digitized. I see. It it was really cool what people were able to do with it. Oh, I bet you could have all sorts of fun with that stuff. Oh, oh yeah. Um, Haleon, you might get a kick out of this. What's that? Um, mm. I rem- when I was uh when I was a kid, my dad actually played Mech Warrior. Uh, I think it was two. I remember the intro like very mm. very specifically. <laughs> and I, okay. I don't I, I remember playing it and being like I don't understand any of this and like just never being able to do anything I have a confession oh no oh boy of, of all the mech warrior games I've played them all from the begin from the very beginnings in the early 80s when they all came out when they were terrible and the I graphics apologize. were whatever 
I apologize. It was Mech Warrior three. Oh, ah. even even better. Yeah, even better. Um, played them all. Bought in, in later on when the you know those expansions would come out for like three and four. I got those too, but I never owned or played Mech Warrior two. Hmm. It just it came out when that came out. It was at a time when I had gotten married and then had a kid, my first kid. And it was just video games were not a thing I had time and money for at the time. That's fair. It just, it passed me by and I would always see it in the stores and look at it longingly like, oh, maybe one day. And then when things got up against the glass. Yes. But then when things started to get, thankfully by the time MechWarrior 3 and MechWarrior 3 Mercenaries came out, I was in a little bit better place and I played the fuck out of it. But yeah, Mech 2, I, I own Mech 2. I have a CD. I even have the original uh, instruction manual where it has all the like, you know, history and detail and explaining the clans and stuff. I have all that. I've just never had the video game when it was out. You know, what's funny is like, speaking of stuff that we saw but never got into, it's like, I always wanted to really play the Pokemon games as a kid. And... I never really did though, like the Game Boy games. Like I had a Game Boy, which stupidly I traded for a laser tag thing, but that's a whole other fucking story. Um, <laughs> a very stupid decision on my part. But I like I knew people that had the Pokemon game. My brother and them all played the Pokemon game, but it's just like something that I never really got into. And then in college, I ended up getting a DS, and it was played one of those games, and it just didn't keep my attention. So. Like, I remember how big those were, and I, you know, I thought it was really cool back then, but, you know, it's just something that I never really ended up getting into. I did yeah, play it. Um, honestly, it didn't grab me that much. Um, I just sort of, like, I've played Red, and that was it, and I was like, eh, it's not great. And then I, like, tried a, a game later, and I went, eh, it's not great. Yeah. I remember when Pokemon first came out. Um, I was working retail and Mm -hmm. you would go into the electronics department and they would always have like demos. And so you'd sit there and you'd watch kids playing this Pokemon game. So I, I, you know, got to see a decent amount of it and I didn't really see the appeal because to me, it just reminded me of like walk around, run into people. And it's basically just like, you know, you do this, you do this, eventually you're going to win, and then you you level up, and you just keep moving on, leveling up. Like it just, I didn't see where the adventure or the skill or what have you was there. Apparently, the skill is actually in like just knowing absolutely everything and figuring out exact counters and like building everything very particularly, but I just didn't super care. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, uh, the the main game uh apparently is super straightforward and i i saw that as a kid and then all then like the competitive stuff it didn't i didn't play with anyone so i didn't care yeah. so that was it so crispy and maze it sounds like you were both mainly console while jay was yes computer yes. Uh, well yep. Yes and no. Like, when I was younger, yes, it was definitely console. But once I got into my teens, I ended up getting my own computer. And then I started playing a lot of console games. Like, I played the shit out of Team Fortress 2, for one. You know? See, when I was little, when I would first kind of caught the video game itch, it really wasn't like the Atari didn't really do it for me. Um, it, you know, it, like, I would played it, but it was just like, yeah, it, it was shit. So, you know. But what what really tickled my imagination, what I just was, would really go insane for is I'm not even sure if it even really exists anymore. And that's the arcade. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, every mall had an arcade, had an arcade. If you went to, you know, at the time, because it was early seventies, late eighties or early late seventies, early eighties. If you went to Kmart, there were video games up front. I mean, everywhere you went, Walmart used to have a shit ton of video games up front. And so you would go to the arcade and you would spend money and play whatever the new ones were coming out. And like, I fucking love the arcade. I was horrible at them, Um, (laughs) but I enjoyed it. And like, you know, 
like some of my favorite ones, uh, Tempest, very basic, simple game, wireframe, you know, model. There's not even any real, you know, any kind of intense graphics to it, but it was just kind of fun. You just kind of spin around in a circle. Uh, pole Position, loved Pole Position. Uh, Spy Hunter. Uh, that Another one that's like, one of the OG, one of the ones that were, that really put video games on the map, fucking Pac-Man. I remember mm-hmm. when Pac-Man was everywhere. The the Kmart that my mom would take us to had a Ms. Pac-Man up front. And Ooh. every time we go, I would beg her for a quarter or two and please, I'll just stay right here. You can shop. Just please let me play video games. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, I'll be mm. honest. I'm sorry. Pac-Man never got to me, but Galaga and Galaxia. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. were almost always side by side. Yeah. Yep. When you went in the arcade. I, I like Galaga. I was never any good at it either. Oh, I'm good um, at it. You know, like, I, decent at yeah. it, I would oh. say. Yeah. I was not. Pac-Man never got to me because apparently it's a lot of like memorizing how like the different ghosts act. And I'm like, I don't fucking know. And I just was sort of <laughs> shit. But Galaga, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. I that. Now, when you play Galaga, do you always let the uh, tractor beam yeah. take your ship so that you can have the double ship? Yeah, it's bad, but it's more fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's fun. I... I never really got into arcade games myself. Um, mostly because I guess I just didn't really have quarters to spend on them. Well, for whatever reason. Well, the, the thing is, for, for our generation, um, the real thing is... Video games are better than arcades uh, at when yeah. we were childs. But for Inhalion's age group, yeah. arcades were better than video games or like home console stuff. Yep. And then so, there yeah. was this, yeah, there was this interesting like period in the very, very late eight, middle to late eighties where you started to see games go from arcade to the home. You know, like I remember playing Super Mario Brothers in the arcade. Um, and stuff like that. So you started to see where stuff was switching over and moving into the home, and you were starting to get just as good a quality in your home stuff as you got at the arcade. And then eventually... Then you go, why am I doing this? Yeah, because I yeah. Can, if I can get the same thing, and it's mine, and I don't have to, and I only have to buy it once. And then, you know, arcades pretty yeah. much went the way of the dinosaur. They're still way. around to a degree. Yeah, there's um, a few. Yeah. yeah. There, apparently, there's a, there's in some of your bigger cities... Uh, in some places, there are um, hipster bars. Yeah, right? yeah well, yeah, well oh, like yeah. I can think. I'm thinking of one right now. I think is in Portland, where it's just like um, this in <laughs> giant, like thirty to fifty thousand square foot, you know, building that's just full of arcade games. And you wow. basically go in and you pay a set fee for like how you know for like an hour or whatever, and so and you just play as much as you want. That, that sounds, sounds pretty like sick. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I will and say, I... uh, they arcades still are alive. Craig, uh, not Craig Scruzers, um, Chuck E. Cheese. Yep. Still oh kicking. yeah. <laughs> I'm actually surprised Chuck E. Cheese is still around. Yeah, I am too. too, but they are still around. I mean, you can't yeah. deny that. They they they're doing better than Blockbuster. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kid kids yeah. love pizza. Oh man. And yeah, tickets. Yeah, I re- yeah, I know um, up in Traverse City, where I go for a uh, man camp, they have a, um, what Jay would call a hipster bar, and they have, um, like, arcade machines in there. Uh, there's yeah. one down in Kalamazoo as well. Like, it is just okay. a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I would imagine so. Bad, but, like, it's not <laughs> for children, which is different than what I would argue the old arcades were for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the the old arcades was like, all right, give me all your money, kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I sound right. I would argue differently. Children are limited on money. Adults are limited on time. Yeah. So if you tell True. an adult you have, you can keep playing until you run out of money. Oh, they they'll just keep going because it's a quarter. But if you tell them, yeah, you have X amount of time, you're like, well, oh shit, I guess I've just got a day this day this week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. We, we went on a trip. It was a a church trip 
to Panama City. And uh, of course, because of course you did. And the hotel we were staying at had a small arcade, had like four or five arcade machines in a little lobby off the laundry. And we were there, I think, four or five days. They had a video game in there that I had never seen before, and I've never seen since, uh, called Heavy Barrel. The video game came out in 1987, I think it was. And essentially... Oh, I was thinking of Heavy Bullet, which is a very different game. No, Heavy Barrel. And it's you, and, and it's two-player game. You can be. And basically, it's just a side-scroller, and you're going around shooting... Well, no, it's not just a side-scroller. You can go up. It's mostly side-scroller. But you're just going through, and you're picking it with weapons, and you're picking up stronger weapons and power-ups, shooting things, everything around you. And you, and as you go, uh, as you go, and you complete the larger level, you pick up pieces of the quote-unquote heavy barrel. And once you pick it up, it completes this giant gun that's like five times the size of your character, and you can just lay for about a good twenty seconds until it burns up. You just lay waste to everything that you can point it at, that and it was sweet. It was addicting. I went through my parents, I think, had given me like 50 bucks to get me through, you know, that trip, you know, for miscellaneous and stuff. I'm pretty sure I spent 90% of it in that arcade, in that, uh, in that same video game. It almost I, again, sounds like Metal Slug. Never seen it since, bit. but I'll never forget it. Huh. Yeah. Cool. See, for, for me, um, you know, I, I didn't really get to go to arcades much, but the thing that was me and my friends was gaming at home on consoles. That was, there are so many, it was like every afternoon, like we'd be over at our house or my friend's grandparents just playing games on Xbox, you know. It, it was Halo a lot of the time, but we also played a bunch of other games too. Um, some of them just random stuff or just like get games that we got from Blockbuster. For one, we would rent games for the Xbox. You know, we'd have sleepovers like like the days of split screen was my my fucking childhood. Pretty. Oh, much. yeah. Yeah. And we and we ended up like doing system links and things so people couldn't screen hop, which I honestly did a lot. But, <laughs> and, and, you know, of course, playing it on like a CRT TV, that's tiny compared to what you oh, have yeah. nowadays. Unless we were in my parents basement because they had a huge TV down there. Well, huge, huge by kids standards. But... You kids and your big TVs and we were playing them on 13 inch okay. televisions. See the old CRT. We didn't have no flat screens or LEDs. Yeah, my goodness. And I, I remember having to lug that CRT that my family had up and down the stairs. Oh, my goodness. You needed two people to pick that stupid thing up. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Oh, it's like it's like man. Kelly and I had said in the Ramblecast, the TVs back then, like it's not like now. Those those fuckers could kill people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there there's a reason that the uh, the one at school had a strap on it so that it doesn't yep, fall exactly. off and kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we would go uh once I got into middle school and high, and later into high school, we would go we would spend probably two thirds of the summer camping. Uh, we had a nice little lake with with some campgrounds around it about an hour from the house and we would go a lot most of the time with my aunt and uncle who had a and i so i had a, a, a they had two two kids one that was my age one that was a little younger and you know just to keep us occupied for like when it rained and shit they started bringing their my aunt and uncle would bring their nintendo awesome and so we had a little, little, little tiny little TV. We'd have our little Nintendo. And I can remember my mom and my aunt getting so mad at us because here we are at the lake. And all we want to do is sit inside the camp because we had campers and play uh, Contra. Yeah. Nice. Play the there shit out of Contra. Now, I know that there's that famous, you know, code combination that you would enter to get infinite lives or whatever. I don't know what it is, but I know my cousin knew it. And we would play for hours until they kicked us out. That's how it's usually how it goes. You're you're gaming like until your parents are like, all right, you gotta go outside for a bit. Oh yeah. Yeah, because there's nothing that makes a parent angrier than sitting there watching a kid sitting on their butt for hours on end with their eyes glazed over staring at a video game. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you want your kids to do something, but I mean, oh, yeah. a lot of the the I mean, just coming from somebody that does a lot of creative work, you know, drawing and writing and things. A lot of the games that I played and the stories in them is what inspired a lot of what I work on now. You know, but that's um, why that's why we decided to call this podcast "Games That Made Us" because you know a lot of the things we play in those games are left an imprint. Oh yeah. So I do have one additional thing that I think is important for to explain the just to explain the Jaywit. Um as a teen, I uh I didn't want to do anything illegal and steal anything. So I actually downloaded a bunch of freeware games, one of which is this old ass game that they're still producing, that the single guy is still producing called Transcendence. It has existed forever and it's just this guy and like occasionally people coming in and out and he's just been uh, making it it's a space game you can upgrade your ship you can um go around do trading do little uh like shoot pirates and everything it is this wonderful game and it's still around and fuck i love playing it um, that's pretty cool yeah my dad's yeah. friend was like, here you go, here are some games. And there was like a better Minesweeper and um, and Transcendence. And I'm like, I want to just keep doing this thing. This is amazing. You can get like missile weapons, you can swap between different things. It's a wonderful game. You can download it for free right now and just play it. Uh, oh, is, this, great. is this similar to like Aurora? In no. Terms of... um, it is um, real-time 2D. Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. I'll yeah. Check that out then. That sounds fun. Sounds like a game that I would enjoy. If it's like Star Sector, I mean. Um, it's quite flat, so just be aware of that. I'll just at least look into it, you know? Yeah. Maybe. It's that that uh, looks way better than the shit that I was playing at that same age. Uh, you misunderstand. You also have to remember that this game has been updated forever. Um, That's true. Yeah, it's like Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> yes. Uh, it originally came out in... The point five version came out in 1995. Oh, boy. And this guy's just been, just been working on this thing. That's his, like, hobby. Like, like Dwarf Fortress, just constantly working on it, never, lets it, never let it die. Um, wow. Dwarf Fortress is now their full-time position. They've hired some people out. I know Putnam, uh, she's been... Getting <laughs> arguing a lot on Discord because uh, she can't stop that. She can't help it. Um, uh, so this game, wonderful, really helped me like sci-fi stuff. The other thing is um, there's a random freeware game called Conquest mm. of Elysium Two. Oh, this and game looks pretty nice, actually. No, uh, Transcendence is a very good game. I actually. I'll... I still play it. It's a good game. I'll totally check this out then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Conquest of Elysium is this terrible, like, um, strategy game. But there are a billion different races, a billion different things. And it's the level of complicated can just scale infinitely. Because I'm trying to... Let me find the exact... Because this guy has also been just making this game forever. Uh, there's a Conquest of Elysium 5. There are one, two, 28 different classes, all with wow. completely unique um, characters, complete like uh, units, completely unique mechanics. The witches, um, they only care about uh, the forests and like gathering herbs. You've got demonologists who are going around. Um, sacrificing people to summon demons and you have to make sure that the people you sacrifice that the demons that you sacrifice to you're not too skimping on them oh, oh that's great you've got dwarfs okay going around just like mining things and like using gem magic it is an amazing fucking game very interesting yeah um and five came out and i need to purchase that for 15 dollars yeah <laughs> there are entire different planes. You can go to like the elemental plane of fire and start like invading it. It's so amazing. You can do <clears throat> deep ones. You can summon Cthulhu in this thing. 
That's great. <laughs> or you could be the the voice of L and start and be like the equivalent of the Catholic Church and start breaking the seals to summon the apocalypse. It's oh so joy. Good. It is so amazing. Uh, would you would you say those are two games that had a deep influence on the things that you like today? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem is the Conquest of Elysium is such a bad game, but it's so uh, it's not a good time. But you have so much fun with it. Uh, See, Chris Crispy mentioned specifically, you know that some of the stuff that he played influenced him. Um, May, uh, Maze, is, do, would you say that there's any particular video games or type, not just any one particular, but is there like a series or types of games that you feel like influenced you into the things that you like today or sent you down a, a, a road of, of something that you like? Um, well, I would definitely say uh, the Lego games, uh, uh. especially with uh, Lego Star Wars, the complete saga. Oh my word, it was so much fun. Um, before the sequel movies, like you had one, two, three, and four, five, and six all in one game. Oh, it's so much fun. You just run around the canteen just starting bar fights. It was great. Uh. <laughs> uh, I, I actually have, uh, I actually have both of the, uh, the original Lego Star Wars game, which was just the original trilogy, I think. And then, um and then the second one uh both on steam i i really need to play those again uh, it's, it's funny that you mentioned the star wars games uh, <laughs> it was inevitable uh, i'm i'm gonna let the cat out of the bag i don't know if any of you realize i'm but i'm a bit of a star wars nerd what what i'm sorry i just you know you're not I just, the man i can't I can't. I've got to be me. I can't live the lie any longer. We could have an entire podcast about that. <laughs> we will eventually. But <laughs> I wasn't mm. always. I actually was not a big Star Wars guy. It wasn't until 19. It was the summer of 94. I was home. You after, know the exact month. <laughs> I do know. It was, it was going to, it was in, um, it was in July of Everyone 94. Everyone their first hit, Jay. It's fine. <laughs> June, July of 94, because I was at work. I had taken a... a Can I make you feel old yet? I already feel old, but you weren't born yet, were you? No, I was. That's my birthday. <laughs> oh, okay. Awesome. That's my actual birth year as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, so nice. it, while, while little Jay was getting, <laughs> yes. you know, squirted out, um, <laughs> the... Uh, I was working in between my freshman year of college and my sophomore year of college. I was working a retail job overnight, unloading trucks and stocking freight. So on your lunch break, you'd have an hour to just walk around. And I kept walking by the electronics department. And I saw this new video game that had come out in, in, for computers. Uh, that I knew that it was the sequel uh, to a previous game that I had played but wasn't like crazy about. Um, but the game that the new game that seemed really way better was TIE fighter. And it was obviously the sequel to X wing. Now I had played a little bit of the X wing game, but you know, it just never caught me because I wasn't a big star Wars guy. So here I am 19 years old. I decided, screw it. I'm going to buy this game because it looks really cool. And the graphics are awesome. And the more I played, the more I got hooked on the universe and the world of it that was in, I ended up finishing it, went back and got a copy of the X-Wing game, beat that game. And at that point, my, uh, I don't know, I guess you could say my appetite for Star Wars just got ignited. And so I started, this was right around the time that all the expanded universe was really starting to hit and they were putting out a new book at least once a month. So I started buying all the books and reading all the novels and then, uh, a, f a few years later, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter came out where you could play online versus other people on, you know, on a 56K modem. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, and I played the hell out yeah. of that. And then X-Wing Alliance came out where you got to do it's you know, expanded it more. But 
that single game ignited my Star Wars fandom and, and led me to becoming the Star Wars geek that I am. And I still have my original box with all the original paper, uh, you know, the CDs and stuff. Also for my X-Wing game, also for X-Wing uh, V TIE Fighter. I still have, I actually bought the, you know, full-size strategy guide, you know, that you would teach you every mission, you know, give you all the tips and tricks. I have have that for both editions. Um, but that had a huge influence, just that single game on me. Because up to that point, Star Wars, I knew it as a, a couple of, of some movies. I had seen them. I had had some of the toys. I had a Millennium Falcon when I was a kid. I didn't really care. I wasn't interested. But that video game turned me into a fan. Nice. So I'm going to uh, take back what I said earlier. I think those two games that I mentioned, Transcendence and Conquest of Elysium, I do mm-hmm. actually think that they did influence like how I like all of my games now. Because mm. Transcendence... Yeah, they do have a lot. You've got a lot of shipping stuff that you can do. You can go to one station and just like, oh, it it costs this much here. It costs this much here. I can do shipping stuff and just sell goods to factories. And I go. Yes, you can space cargo it. It's so fucking fun. It's so weird, but like, um, because I, I love that in um, in other like even RPG stuff of like. No, I'm just going to play a, a traitor. I yep. have excuses to go around to do things to like stop stuff, but that backbone behind it really is nice. And uh, Conquest of Elysium, the I because I'm not super. I'm a bit overdone on fantasy at the moment, but I do love um the world of it and the fact that there are so many different things and you have so many different options that it just all comes together in a sort of half-functional, half-not. Where yeah. occultist is just a normal, everyday thing. You can have people summoning demons, and you can have a rich asshole nearby raising taxes and pissing people off. And it's just, yeah, that's just a normal thing. And it's yep. great. Sorry. I just no, needed you're, to... You're fine. No, it's fine. No, I'm glad that you... Uh, had that revelation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. One last question I, I would like to put to put to you since obviously, and I'm not, this is not about my back in the day stuff. I can already hear people turning <laughs> it off. You know, Oh, I don't want to listen to the grandpa <laughs> talk. Um, <laughs> but since you've all obviously played way more video games than I'm probably, I have, what is the worst game you've ever played? Oh man. Hmm. That is a, uh... That's a good question. I've played a lot of unplayable indie games. I don't know if that... I don't think that should count, though. Like little individual, like... Just, one one guy tried to was developing it, and it just didn't work. Yeah, just a shitty itchy, itch.io game. Yeah, I getcha. Microsoft oh. Flight Simulator. <laughs> I did not have a good time. <laughs> also probably doesn't count. Well, I will show, say that the one that comes to my mind that I spent countless hours doing my damnedest to figure out, but never could, and just would just get enraged, not enraged, but just like utterly frustrated because the concept seemed so good. The, the box art was so good. Some of the graphics, still graphics, were so good. But the game itself was just terrible, terribly designed. There was just no way to figure it out. But it was a, a Super Nintendo game uh, called Draken. It's just awful. It's just, just painful to try to play because it just none of it made any sense. Um, I, I couldn't even explain to you. It's like your little party of people and you're wandering around trying to do something for reasons but it doesn't explain really why or where you're supposed to go or how it's supposed to do you just randomly end up fighting off you know lizards and it just it was bad 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 Hmm. Um, man i i don't know about bad games um i don't don't really know 
I, I mean, that mech game was definitely a bad game that I played. That was a pretty shit one. Um, I mean, there's been plenty of games where I've been disappointed with them. I mean, oh, yeah. Speak, speaking of Command & Conquer, Command & Conquer 4, I actually played that fucking game. Ouch. And it killed the series. Yeah, it was, it was not, a, not a good time. Um, which sucks because they did make good Command & Conquer games. You know, the, the ones before all the, the ones before it were all really good. And then they killed the series with that one. Oh, I know. Pajama Sam and Math Blaster. They're uh, like, they were just shitty little kids games that like, oh, you can learn math. And it was just like bad platformers. And uh, Pajama Sam was this, I'm going to be honest, a shitty adventure game of just like a, a kid running around and doing stuff. There were some terrible adventure games that like that were around. I remember there was like a fish adventure game. I I don't remember. It's just all sorts of I know there was a lot of those jump start games that I used to play as a kid. I think that oh, was Yeah, those. Yeah. There's so who, many of those. Who I here don't... amongst us has not played Oregon Trail? I haven't. Not the original, but I played the a, a later version. I've, I think I've played Orga, Oregon Trail, where you're in, doing a zombie thing. Oh, that version, yeah. <laughs> but that was, is that Donner Party Trail? <laughs> no, you're, it's uh, the zombie apocalypse. Uh, okay. Yeah, as you do. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, any anybody got any final thoughts on uh, on Vigi games and how they influenced us and so forth? The ones that we love. I mean, if you like a game from when you're a kid, it's always worth picking it back up. They're always oh, yeah. play. There's a um, lot of good old games out there. If only there, there was a website that you could buy good old games off of. If only there were a yeah. website that let you get uh, old DS games. Ah, oh, there are good ones. Yeah, yeah, or, there are. Or uh, Game Boy Advance games. Also, a lot of very, very good stuff. Absolutely. I want to mention a few because it's stuck in my brain and I want to mention them. Swordcraft Story. Hell yeah, that those games were great and nobody knows about them. Um and shoot, I forgot the other one. I apologize. That Uh, (laughs) nope, gone from my brain forever. Yep, that's how it goes. Uh, Yeah, you'll remember it eventually. The dead of night. Yep. (laughs) It's like fuck. Just wake up in a cold sweat. It's like that's what it was. <laughs> so what it usually happens for me. Oh yeah. Or like right as I'm going to sleep too. Oh, actually, I know what a, a shit game was. Trace Memory. Fuck that game. That game sucked. I'm willing, I'm willing to fight people on that one. Uh I don't know why it's on the Switch now. I don't know why anyone would make a sequel to that game. <laughs> Money, I don't know. Uh, probably. <laughs> the littlest of brand recognition. <laughs> oh, it's a DS game, so I might as well make a sequel. <laughs> uh, sorry, now I'm just going down the list because there are a surprising... Um, the DS and the Game Boy Advance was sort of like the um, the PlayStation, where there was just an infinite number of games... And occasionally you're like, actually, this is the best thing ever, and this is the worst thing ever. Yep. And it's very nice because of that, and I really appreciated all of that stuff. Yeah, there's there's games that I feel like I could play from back in the day um, where they would realize they're not good. Um, definitely some of the Star Wars games. There's a number of Star Wars games from back in the day that were just cheaply made, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Rogue Squadron comes to mind. Yeah. Or uh, the some of the movie tie-in games. There was oh. one I played as a kid for episode one that I really liked, but I I oh, played Pod, a little bit of it before. And Pod later, Racer later was on. good. Oh, Pod Racer was great. I, I, I remember playing Pod, Pod Racer. Pod Racing was actually really, really fun. But yeah, most of your movie tie-in games are always complete shit because they're just selling it because they're just throwing, usually it's something slapdash thrown together that's terrible because they're not trying to make a good game they're trying to make a game that they can sell because because it's attached to a popular movie yeah like the E.T. game that 
killed the game industry. <laughs> With very few exceptions, but uh, one of the one of the the huge exceptions of that was Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. Yes, Goldeneye sixty four. Didn't it come out like years after the movie? So that's why they actually let probably spend time doing things. Well, hold on. Let me let me let me look. But yeah, that that was a movie tie-in. That okay. Yeah, it came out uh, ninety-seven, and the movie came out ninety-five. So it, it took it them two years. Two years. Yeah. But it was fucking amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah, I um, I was hearing someone talk about um their their as a, their time in the game industry because they were doing a um, they were just like they were making shovelware. Uh, and I'm not like giving them crap or anything, but that's kind of where that was in like the the categories of stuff. Mm-hmm. But they they uh, they complained that when the game uh, games came out, they had to be on time and they had to make sure to meet all of the standards for what they considered an acceptable thing. Um, so they didn't they weren't allowed to adjust any characters. None of their characters could have like have significant personality changes, so the writing was never all there. And because mm. of that, that's part of why it just was rough. Okay, what is shovelware? Like I've I've heard that term thrown around in conversations. Like I don't know what this means, but okay. Um, I would argue that it's a game. So remember when. Uh, game stores existed and they were just walls of video games. Um, mm-hmm. Shovelware existed as a as an idea for a parent who, or an uncle or a grandparent who didn't fully understand all of the video game stuff but they knew little Jimmy had an Xbox. So mm-hmm. they got them a game from a thing that they recognized. They went, okay. Oh, that movie's coming oh, out. Yes. Yeah, let me get them one of those. It's a term that it refers to individual video games or software bundles known more for the quantity of what is included than the quality. Um, okay. Yeah, it's like remember those those CDs would be like, oh, a hundred and one games, like oh that those kind of that kind of shit, yeah. Like all the bootleg consoles, like, oh, it's got 10,000 games on it. Like the little plug and plays. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah. I remember when plug and plays were big. It'll be just like, you know, a knockoff version of basically, it's a remake of an actual game, but Mm -hmm. it's the knockoff version with different characters and graphics and not nearly as good. Yeah. It's like instead of Spider Man, it's Mr. Spooter. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Spooter. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I I remember when uh, plug and plays were still a thing. I think they still exist. They're just bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they were always kind of bad. Well, not kind of. They, they just were. <laughs> <laughs> Except for like the Pac-Man ones. Those were those were decent because it's Pac-Man. So there is a game that got like completely skipped over that I want to talk about for a second. Okay. That I fucking loved, and no one—I've never seen anyone ever talk about this ever. Knights in the Nightmare. This game. I've never fucking, heard of that one. Yeah, it's a DS game, and it fucking rocks. It is. You are playing a little. It's a t- the DS is a touchscreen, so the idea was you moved around as a little ghost, and mm-hmm. you were controlling people who were um, who you could like if you spin around them, they would make an attack. And you were dodging enemy attacks at the exact same time. Okay. So you're bouncing between a bunch of different things, and the game didn't make any sense to me, but you could start upgrading individual abilities, upgrading characters, getting relationship bonuses for stuff. It ruled. It And it had a beautiful art style, and there's some, like, I don't, I've never seen anyone talk about this game ever. Hmm. Sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah it does. It, but... um, it is very Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> I, will I, you a, I will give you a warning. <laughs> Enough <believe> said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
On the level of how Japanese is this game? Yes. <laughs> On the level of how Japanese? Height! <laughs> yeah, that's the cover art, and like that's the game part of it. Because you would go back in time for whenever you entered a new area, you would go back to why the area is what it is, and you would see like the final thing. It's this wonderful fucking thing. Oh, I love this game. I was terrible at it, but I did love it. Hmm. It's an interesting art style. It really is. I don't like it. It's pixelated as hell. Um, and it's effectively impossible to play um, anymore because you need a DS because you're playing touchscreen and you were using the... Um, your right hand was holding the, um, the touch... Uh, the stylus and your left hand was activating buttons in order to change the move that your character was doing. So if you like, you held the up button and then you swirled around that character, they would make one type of attack. Hmm. Yeah, it was weird. It was really cool. Sounds too complicated for this old man. <laughs> it is. Yeah, but it was so good. Yeah, that does sound interesting. <sighs> Anybody uh, got anything else? Um, no, I mean... I've I've said plenty. I feel like that we I honestly we could probably do more on old games if we really want. Oh yeah, to. yeah. We could um, just go down like different ages, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Welcome to our new gaming podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Top fellow ten. gamers? What is, uh. what it is? <laughs> All right. So, any final final thoughts before I push the button? Um, no, all right, there's plenty of abandonware. Go look for it. There's yeah. fun games yep. to find. Uh, this has been the Ox Unplugged. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. I can't believe I taped over the yodeling championships for that. Oh, well, heading to Waffle House. <laughs>